All right, what's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Harder coming at you live on this Thursday evening as we had to push our normal Tuesday night to tonight. So we are ready and back and better than ever, ready to rumble in the jungle for a brand new episode. I am your host for the evening, Maddie Lukewarm Ice. And my co-host for the evening, as always, is David Fourth and Long. What is up? How's it going there, David? I'm feeling a hell of a lot better, I'll tell you that much. That's good. That's why we couldn't do our normal Tuesday night, just because... Uh, Somebody got sick. got sick, yeah. So, couldn't do it on Tuesday night, but uh, the luxury of doing this podcast is... You know, we can move it around and make changes whenever is necessary, whenever we need it. So, hell yeah, that's uh, that's a good part of it. So, jam packed episode. We're gonna start off with what's going down. And today, the big news was, well, a couple big news things, but the the biggest one coming out, the breaking news was, um, if you haven't heard already, on Monday night, the LSU Tigers defeated Clemson to become the national champions in college football. And a former LSU Tiger and a Odell Beckham Jr. was there watching the game. And after the game, there is video of him handing out money supposedly to get around giving the players cash. He bought, I'm using quotation marks because no one could see me right now, bought their jerseys and their cleats from them to be able to give them this money. Followed by, in the locker room, celebrating, giving players alcohol, supposedly provided by Odell Beckham, a security guard, police officer, whatever you want to call it, was trying to take away the, the alcohol and the stuff that the players were not supposed to have. And as his back was turned, Odell walks up behind the security guard and smacks him on the butt, just like full on, like whips the whole arm around, bam, smacks him right in the butt. And the police officer uh, turns around and Odell starts kind of like, you know, mouthing off, kind of just like trying to joke around with him because I guess supposedly he was drunk too. Um, Now... Odell has an arrest warrant for a simple assault, which I've never heard of before. I figured it was an assault and it's assault, but simple battery, sim- simple assault. So, um, when it comes when it comes to that, I'm gonna steal this from uh, one of the uh, shows that I listen to on the radio. They do this segment called "Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Deal." So, is this a big deal? A little deal? Or no deal. This whole situation. There should, should be a. There should be a fourth option. Why are <laughs> they even making this a deal? <laughs> I mean, you don't think it's 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 really a big deal about not the whole smacking butt thing, but let's start with the first thing: him paying the players. Joe Burrow, the quarterback, on a podcast stating, "Yes, Odell gave us real money." Yeah, 
he uh that that's that might be taking it a little too far now if it can be proven that Odell Beckham did buy the jerseys and the cleats off the players and was doing that that could actually still be a problem because you're you're not college they're not allowed to sell their jerseys and cleats anyways yeah cause at least while they're in college yeah that's I mean, school property i mean yeah when they graduate, they could, but they're not allowed to while they're still in school. Yeah, I think uh, the NCAA is currently investigating this right now, and I'm pretty sure LSU might get slapped with a fine for this one. Well, I mean, they didn't invite Odell to come. I mean, they didn't say it was okay for him to do that stuff. That's true, but it's up to the players, and it's up to the coaches, and it's up to... Whoever is in charge of that program to be like, hey, no. (laughs) You know, they are not supposed to be, unless they're like working a job or something, but, you know, you know, working a job and making money that way. Sadly, I hate to say it, but, man, it's going to be. It's going to be rough. College players don't get paid. No, they, they don't. They do not get paid. They don't. And they're, and... St- they're still in California. They're still trying to work around this mess uh, to, to have these guys get paid. You know how these guys get paid? It's called full scholarship. Yeah. They get, they get a full ride at their school. They get a full ride. They get a full ride. Their classes are paid for. Their books are paid for. You know, all their stuff is paid for. Probably their dorms, too, and everything else. Um, I don't know. But, no. You, you, you can't do that. I'm sorry. I mean, you guys know better. It, it, you got to say no. Now, if it was fake money like it was first said it was, yeah, then I can understand. Yeah. You know, it's fake money. If they see that it's fake money, then they'll be like, oh, well, well crap. I mean, okay. That's uh. You know, that's just Odell being Odell. But it was even Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner, saying it was real money. Mm-hmm. So, so he it, ratted him out like he he said what was what was going on. So it'll be interesting to see what the NCAA actually does, like you said, when it comes to punishing LSU and and everything with that. Now, I think this, I think two players were the only ones that received well, Joe and Burrow did. Joe Burrow and did. One and of the wide receivers. I think they were both seniors, though. So, since they're leaving, you can't really hand down a punishment. Not to them, no. Not but to them, the but, but the school can still be hit with sanctions. Yeah. So, um, the second part is the butt slapping and him getting into it with the security officer. No deal. Um, it's not a big deal. No, that'll blow over. It's it, they're just gonna blow it over. It's just Odell being Odell. Yeah, well, he's a character. This is true, but I mean, yeah. Uh, when it comes to wide receivers, they they're just not hitting the mark here lately for NFL. Um, we'll start with uh what I had posted on Facebook that um Julian Edelman from the Patriots. Uh, had a arrest warrant for vandalizing a car, like he had jumped on the hood or something like that. Um, 
and Antonio Brown, you know, technically not a wide receiver in the NFL right now, but he's still making news with going live on his Instagram while the police were at his house, I think, taking his girlfriend. And in front of his kids, he's videotaping himself live on Instagram, freaking yelling at the cops saying, F you pigs, F you this, like you can't do nothing, get in your effing cars and leave. And like every other word was like a cuss word. He's just sitting there doing this in front of his freaking kids. Like, is is Antonio Brown, has he gone off the deep end or is he just that much of an ass? Like, he, I think he's falling off the rails. Is, is it CTE or something? Like, concussions? Like, what? What is going on with this man's life? It could, I, I wouldn't blame it on CTE. I mean, granted, they have some people, I think one or two people have actually been hit, diagnosed with it while they were still alive. Because usually they don't find this stuff. You know, they don't find this stuff in uh, until you're like passed on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think, I don't highly don't think it's that i think he's just falling off the deep end because nobody wants him i mean the steelers got rid of him then he went to oakland and he started his crap with oakland oakland cut him and i and i think it well my personal opinion that hard knocks had a lot to do with this problem because they're you know walking around videotaping him you know, he's the whole, oh, business is booming, and, like, you know, I'm this big celebrity using his name in the third person whenever he would talk about himself. Like, I think Hard Knocks kind of amplified the spotlight, and he wanted to be the center of attention for Hard Knocks. I thought it was all for show at first, the whole helmet incident and, you know, not wanting to play unless he could wear his own helmet and whatnot. I thought that was all for show to get ratings for Hard Knocks. But then it just turned out that it wasn't. <laughs> it was all real and it was all him. And I think if a team picked him up this coming season, they would have to set some type of rules or restrictions of like, okay, you're not allowed to be on social media while you're a member of this team. And I don't know if he could do it. Like, I, I don't think he'd be able to do it, which is pretty, pretty awful, pretty bad. No, you're most your most outspoken players will go to social media. And I really hate to say it, but it's, it's, it's just hard. AB, AB is, I'm going to say AB's done. Nobody wants the headache. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I mean, I had a lot of people, you know, outside of here and outside of work and stuff like that go like, Oh, I think Antonio Brown should go to Dallas. They're always getting the headaches. And I was like, yeah, we always get the headache players, but guess what happens to them? They don't last very long. Nope. Yeah, Des no. Bryant, he gone. Okay. Terrell Owens, after his third year, we did not re-sign him. He gone. Okay. It's, it's tough. Yeah, I don't see it. I agree with you. I don't see a team being desperate enough to put them, put like you said, through the headache of – Having Antonio Brown on their team, I I can't. See no, because that then he's gonna bitch about his helmet, or he's gonna bitch about this and bitch about that. It, that's just it. Nobody wants a headache on their team. 
Okay. Now, granted not. There's a couple teams that still have headaches on their team on that <laughs> still have headaches yeah. with them. Yeah. Um Vontez Perfect being one of them. Oakland. You sign the dude, and then guess what happened? He started his crap up again. He is now indefinitely suspended, and I don't see him coming back for at least at the very least two years. I don't see him coming back after a year. I see I don't see him come back until after two years. Yeah. Because they want to make sure he doesn't kill anybody. Like he's been known to do. And let me see here. The other headache I would probably I'm gonna probably go out on a limb on this one. And probably the other headache would probably have to be OBJ for the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> because he wasn't getting the ball. I'm sorry. I think I have mentioned this in a previous podcast. When you're that big of a receiver and you are known for putting up big numbers and also being clutch and everything else, guess what? They're going to double you. They're going to triple you. Guess what that does? It leaves your other people open. So who cares if you don't get a... uh? Who cares if you don't get that many looks? Do you know what happens when you don't get that many looks? It means everybody's paying attention to you, and it always leaves somebody open. That is true. Take it for the Browns case. You have Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. You got Jarvis Landry. You've got a badass tight end. I can't remember what the hell his name was. But you've got a great offense for Cleveland. And then you've got a headache. <laughs> and then a headache. Yeah. Uh, the Browns need to do something with OBJ. And when it comes to that back down to uh, Antonio Brown, there nobody is going to take a chance on him until something comes up. Yeah. And I can honestly say Des Bryant will find a team before he does. <laughs> That's true. So, I mean, that's all the heartaches that are going on for wide receivers right now. Dad's um, come back to Dallas. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want him back. We've got Cooper. we got Gallup. We're good. Um, let's see. So, we had uh, another, another breaking news that had happened that we can talk about in the NFL was um, – Linebacker Luke uh, Kinkley announces his retirement uh, from the NFL. Um, we had two people comment about it. Uh, Boo Boo commented. He said, easy way out of a contract on a bad team. So maybe he's thinking uh, he's going to try to go somewhere else and kind of just says, oh, I'm retiring, you know, pull Marshawn Lynch and then join another team. You think maybe he's trying to follow like Rivera to the Redskins or something? Or I, I just got to say this. Boo-Boo, I love you to death, but your logic sucks sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, okay? That's like you trying to pick all Cowboys players for your fantasy team. doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, it's not too much he, of a stretch. It's I mean. not too much of a stretch, and I can see where he's going with this. I can see where Boo-Boo's going with this. Carolina was a is pretty much a bad team, but if they turn around next year and just like 
go like 11 and 5 and 12 and 4. That's a hell of an improvement from the year before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Under a new coach, new regime, I'm pretty sure Cam Newton will not be the starter. It'll be Kyle Allen. And Christian McCafferty will be Christian McCafferty. They get a couple of key players. They'll be good. But now Carolina has to suffer with a $10 million hit on their cap for next year. So finding players is not really going to be too easy for them. Yeah. Because they need, they need, they need fixes in a lot of places. Uh, Wide receiver being one of them. Maybe look at a tight end. The offensive line definitely needs to be patched up and then got to look at some defense. Yeah, and uh, Matt Klein commented with healthy retirement. So I, I like actually like nothing against you, Boo Boo. <laughs> All right, like I said, sometimes your logic makes me scratch my head at times. But um, he's gonna kill me too. I don't give a shit either. Um, <laughs> but Matt's right. Lee Keekly, this was I don't think he got hurt all year long, but I remember when Keekly got hurt that one time, he cried. You could see tears coming out of his eyes. I don't know if it was just from pain or it sucked that he had to leave the field. Because yeah. that man very rarely leaves the field. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He is a very tough guy, but he's taken the smart approach and what that would be is he gets to leave while he can still walk. Because a lot of these guys are getting hurt and they're having a hard time getting around. It's, yeah. it's like blown. Shay's ear, I mean. Yeah, look at Shay's ear. And... He's still trying to come back. Yeah. The, pick, the Steelers are still keeping him on the team because they have faith that he will return. May not be this year. It was definitely wasn't this year. It may not even be next year. But I mean, yeah. But he's just an example of just like what could happen if things go wrong. And like you said, leaving at a good age. I mean, yes, he's only twenty eight, but he, you know, has had some concussions in the past. I think it's good for Keekly. Um, interestingly enough, like not as many players and reporters giving him as much crap as everyone did when Andrew Luck retired out of nowhere, you know, like at a young age. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it was just because it was right before the season started is why everyone gave Andrew Luck so much crap. Um, and, you know, Keekley obviously, he played the season and the season's over. I, I don't know if that was the only reason, if that's like the main difference but not as much grief about his retirement um on on the board so we'll see we'll see i i think it it is a true retirement it would be funny if he like went to the redskins and just to join ron rivera but uh very mm, unlikely you know the odds aren't very good when it comes to that so um Alrighty, awesome. So some other some other news that uh, had happened as well. The Browns have found their new head coach in the Vikings offensive coordinator uh, Stanevsky. So we had uh, Matt Klein again. 
he's always you know helping us out with commenting. Thank he you. He says uh, he says he tanked that game to get that job one hundred percent. So um, <laughs> he was saying that uh, the Vikings lost to the Niners um, this past weekend was because he tanked that game for the Vikings so he could get this job with the Browns. Um, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more along the lines of the Niners just kind of kicked the crap out of them. The Niners have been a good team all year long. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. I, I don't, I can't see into the mind of coaches. This, uh, is, this is true. But I mean, we'll, I can't even remember the stats, but this is the Browns, at least I know, three years in a row, three different head coaches, at least. So, and that doesn't include the past years that they've been changing, you know, coaches. I feel like every year it's almost a new coach. When are they going to become consistent and keep a coach around long enough to try to show that he can make improvements or that he can turn the team around. I mean, you can't just be like, oh man, one year, boom, you're out. You couldn't cut it. It's not always going to be a Sean McVay effect of, oh, first year, make the playoffs. Second year, boom, Super Bowl. Like, no, like that's, that's an outlier. That doesn't always, it doesn't always happen that way. So how I mean, when it comes to the Browns, do you think this is just same stuff, different day? Like it's just not going to work out. Well, the, as I have mentioned before, the Browns have a bunch of talent now. You know, great receivers, great running backs. You know, this is something that's, uh, you know, they've got a great team, offensive wise, defense not too bad they could work on a few things defense is good if they don't you know rip helmets off and beat other players and with beat them. other players with <laughs> him, yeah because pretty much miles miles garrett will not be there next year he has to sit out for the entire year um but you're also missing guys like denzel ward i think he either got hurt or something and he just kind of disappeared he was supposed to be like one of the top corners in the league or at least a top DB for that matter. They've got some work to do. And this this will be their time right here. Uh granted they don't have a top top pick, but they've got a they've got a decent one to work with. So um they're just gonna just gonna have to wait and see. I mean yeah, I mean you never you never know, but I I feel like they need a coach that will discipline them and stay on them about stuff, you know, especially Odell, and get them out of their own way. A lot of the times when they were losing this year, they were just in their own way. So if they get out of their own way, play to their abilities that they have, then, I mean, with him being an offensive mind, I mean... Hopefully, you can turn that offense around. I'm still pleading my case in that Odell won't be there 
next year. I think he'll be with a, another team regardless of this new coaching hire. Um, obviously, he said great things about Baker Mayfield when they asked him about it. You know, uh, you know, said a bunch of great things uh, about a lot of the offense since he's an offensive coordinator before. So. Well, yeah, like you said, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll just All the wait. coaching hirings have been completed, so everyone in the NFL has their head coach. So well, no big more spots. coaching rehires have been done. There's no no one's fired their coaches. They would have done it by now. Uh, some teams are still looking for coordinators. Giants don't have an offensive coordinator, which, of course, True. Jason Garrett's doing uh, interviewing for that, uh, which basically means the Giants will suck next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, I think uh, the defensive uh, coordinator position in Minnesota is still up for grabs. So they're looking for it. Uh, Niners, not Niners, but the Skins pretty much filled their spots. Dallas has pretty much filled their spots. Uh, Oakland's got a new defensive line coach. Former defensive coordinator for Dallas, Rod Marinelli. So I know where all the former coaches are going. <laughs> hey, there, there you go. Um, so yeah, that that takes care of a lot of that. Um, I'm trying to see if oh something that we could uh, we brought up earlier too that we could talk about um, before the next segment. We'll get into the baseball news, but um, to finish up this segment. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald announcing that he is uh, playing his, what, 17th season, you said? Yep, welcome so, back, Fitz. I th- I, I, Larry Legend. Yeah, Larry Legend indeed. <laughs> um, I don't. Th- I know I may, may have mentioned something that he's trying to go after stats. That uh, might have been before the podcast. Before the podcast, yeah. Yeah, I, I said that. Um, actually, to be perfectly honest with you, I know why Larry's staying. Why? to help further Kyler Murray's produ- uh, development. This is going to be Kyler Murray's sophomore season. And who better to have than the legend himself? Yeah, true, but he didn't really even throw to him that much this year. No, um, it's because Kyler Murray was a dick. I mean, <laughs> well, and we did talk about stats. Like you said, that he is chasing some stats, which, I mean, why wouldn't you if you have the ability to get there? Chasing Jerry Rice's regular season uh, catching record, reception record. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Larry Legend has been averaging about 75 catches a year here lately, the past three years. He's like 140, 150 away from breaking the record. So he'd have to at least play another two years. If not, he would have to ball freaking out. <laughs> he'd have to get a lot of catches this coming season. Um, yeah, Mike Thomas, he had to literally break Mike Thomas's record in order to do it. Yeah, exactly. So I I don't see that happening. So maybe Larry Legend plays another two years. I don't know, but, uh, he did, like you said, we, he made that announcement. So Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, damn near played 20. So yeah, true. But with different teams. Yeah. Cause then he went to like Oakland and then I think he played for Seattle for a little bit. he he? He played for Seattle. So Yeah. So we shall see. Um, So, yeah, we'll take a break right now. We're coming up on the time, and when we come back, we will start things off with the second segment with baseball news, a lot of 
uh, stuff to cover, a lot of coaching and manager stuff moves and stuff like that. A lot of, a lot of big news. So starting to get there, you know, cause there's not much more football talk to talk about. So it'll be baseball, hockey, and basketball coming up here soon for us. So yeah. That's all, yeah. That's all we'll have to talk about. Spurs suck. <laughs> Caps there you go. Boom. Easy, easy. No, we got to talk more in depth more than just those little tidbits. Um, Caps roll. <laughs> So, uh, so when we come back, uh, oh, my <laughs> so when we come back, we will be back in a flash and we'll uh, get going on the baseball news. So we'll see you guys back here in a bit. All right. We're back in better than ever ready to rumble in the jungle with our second segment for the evening. And we are going to start off, like we said, with some baseball news. I, I don't have the official, like, Actual details, I'm sure uh, my great uh, co-host here could be able to look up all the details with it. But we uh, have seen and saw that with Major League Baseball that the Astros, I guess, I don't know if you would say were found guilty or whatever you want to call it, but they were found out, well, they were investigated and uh, got, you know, proven that they were sign stealing from teams uh, during their World Series run in 2017. And it was sign stealing in the sense of that there was a camera uh, in the outfield where they could see the catcher uh, making his signs to the pitcher of what pitcher is going to be next. And then another player would then use his bat to hit a trash can to signify to the batter um, what pitch was going to be thrown. So that way the batter would know. Um, Now, originally we thought it was going to be sign stealing in the sense of what the third base coach does. But this seems a lot worse when it comes to sign stealing. Um... Now I'll let you take over with the punishments that were handed down and kind of the ripple effect that this has done to Major League Baseball. Ugh. God, where do I begin with this? <laughs> well, I, that's why I said ripple effect. Like, it's affected a lot of people and a lot of teams. So mm-hmm. We'll start off with the two biggest firings out of them all. Uh, the general manager for the Astros and... Hinch, the manager for the Astros, were both suspended for an entire year. And then after the suspension was handed down by Major League Baseball, the Astros cut them. Fired them, yeah. They basically fired them. Both so, of them, right? Yeah. So the general manager and the coach have both been fired from yeah, the Astros. Bo- both of them have been taken out. So their suspensions still stand. They won't be within. They're not with any teams. So potentially next year, I guess, when their suspension is up, then they could get rehired by someone else. Yes, but I doubt that's going to happen. Their suspensions will last until after the last day of the World Series. So they have to go through the entire the entire uh, season, including the postseason, without. 
you know, being able to communicate with other teams about possible jobs and stuff like that. So it's going to be, it's going to be kind of difficult for them having to go the whole year without, you know, basically getting paid. So, man, you know, that's, it's going to hurt. Um, Carlos Beltran was with the Astros at the time. Yes. Uh, the Mets just recently let him go. So the Mets had hired him in November to be the coach or I think manager of the Mets. Yeah. And that was in November. And so they have mutually uh, decided to part ways, uh, which basically means they were going to fire him anyways um, in his participation with the sign-stealing scandal. Um what is, I guess, uh, crazy too, and what's you know has my mind baffled when it comes to all of this, and we discussed it off of the podcast, and so that's why I want to bring it up now because that way our listeners could hear what we were discussing off podcast as well. Was that none of these people are like arguing or saying I didn't do it or we didn't do it or it never happened. All of them are just accepting these punishments and kind of just going with it, which, well, I'm, you know. It, not meaning to cut you off or anything, but. um, No, you're fine. Um, I do believe, if I read correctly uh, from MajorLeagueBaseball.com, uh, Hinch did say something about it. Okay. And the general manager didn't gripe about it. He said his job was to keep, you know that stuck kind of stuff from happening and he basically let it happen. So, you know, granted you're still at fault for letting it happen, but as the general manager, you got to know what's going on with your manager, with all your bench coaches, with all your players, your pitchers, your batters, everybody. That's your job. Yeah. As GM. So I got to understand why he, got fired. Hinch, on the other hand, you know, he is, you know, the manager. Your job is to basically facilitate your players. Well, how, how, and how do you not know when there's a player with a baseball bat hitting a trash can, freaking communicating? Like, you see the general manager, not know that the general manager may not have known that, but I'm saying the coach. Like, how does the yeah. coach not know that and yeah. sitting in the dugout? I'm pretty sure he knew, and I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was. He's just griping a bunch of hot air about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's still rippling very, very hard. Um, like I said, we mentioned Be- uh, Carlos Beltran, who played for the Astros back in 2017. Yes, uh, he was let go by the Mets. Well, mutually part uh, mutually parted ways. parted ways. I'm pretty sure they fired him. Yeah, <laughs> they just said mutually parted ways just to make it look good. Um, and Alex Cora, who was the Astros bench coach in 2017, mutually parted ways, quote unquote. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with the Red Sox after being their manager for the last two years. So. Oof. That's uh, Cora has yet to be suspended. Um, Beltran is not going to get punished. 
but still there yeah there's wow. only there was only the the two Astros people that got actually suspended but mm-hmm. these other people have been fired from their jobs because of it and I doubt that they're going to be able to get jobs going forward um, you said potentially when we were talking off of the podcast too that you know maybe um, maybe the Red Sox will be investigated as well for sign stealing with their World Series title. It's quite possible. I mean, because they're he, good, was, they're he good. was the coach during that time. Yeah, he was the he was the uh, manager at the time. But um, I still see something. That they're gonna look at all the they're gonna look at all the video that they can of the World Series and see if there was any possible sign stealing. And if there was, you know, I'm pretty sure Cora will get suspended. And if not, then Yeah. And some people are calling for the World Astros World Series to be taken. From them, yeah. Dodgers, the Dodgers is asking the mayor, the LA mayor, to ask Major League Baseball to send them, uh, two World Series trophies. I'm assuming. <laughs> I think didn't didn't uh, Boston play the Dodgers in their World Series? Yes. Okay, and then you had the Astros when they beat the Dodgers. Yeah. So they're asking for two World Series trophies. Gosh, I mean, uh, no, just no. I, I, I can see, I can see having a title stripped, but that doesn't mean that it should be awarded to someone else just because it was stripped. You still didn't earn it. You still didn't win. Yes, the other team cheated, but you still didn't win it. So, I would feel hollow and awful as a player if I was like, oh. I'm a World Series champ, even though we didn't win. They just gave it to us. Like, I wouldn't want to win that way. I don't think any player would. Right. So I I, I think that's just f- fans wanting, you know, redemption type of thing. But um, the bad look for the Astros, uh, Jose Altuve being investigated for wearing some type of device or something in his jersey as well to like help with like recording and stuff like that apparently he's admitted he's admitted no No, wrongdoing yeah no wrongdoing so we'll see if further investigation does anything with that but like you know jose altuve a big name you know a big face of the houston astros all of this is just terrible for Astros fans like anything to do with the Astros this is just not a good look for them this is just not anything like I I don't know uh it's it's one of those things where I I don't know I would feel terrible if I was a Houston Astros fan right now um things are things are just not going Texans way in general like the Houston Texans you know lose when they're up against the Chiefs this whole scandal now with the Astros like nothing is really like going their way if you're a Houston fan right now no Houston's a dumpster fire right now three two one crunch um 
<laughs> Sorry, got caught up in watching Mike Vrabel get run over. Head coach of the Titans, Mike Vrabel, get run over by a referee. <laughs> I like how the ref still didn't look over at him. He was still looking at the field. He was still trying to do his you gotta job. Got to keep your eyes on the field. The get back coach has to, you know, this do is a why you job. have a, this is why you have a get back coach. I might mention something about that in the third segment um, <laughs> after we get like all of our picks done and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this whole sign stealing thing—it it just blows my freaking mind. I mean, you know, everyone jumping on board trying to, you know, get an edge somehow, you know, and that some of the players were actually involved in it and were okay with it, like Beltron, you know. It, I don't know, just it just blows my mind. Um, I think it's, it, you know, Patriots, you know, Patriots caught for, you know, videotaping, and then now baseball people videotaping, like, if the 2018 Red Sox get nailed for this, yeah, not only Houston, and now it's going to be the Boston, Boston area, it's be yeah, the Boston area, <laughs> getting uh, kind of thrown thrown to the wolves here. Ooh, yeah, man, it's I don't know. It's just it makes me sad. It's kind of just disgusting that yeah, you want to get an edge any way possible, you know. You want to be able to, to get an edge over your opponent, but do it within the, the confines of, like, the rules type of thing, you know? Like, this whole everybody cheating thing to get an edge just makes me sad for sports. It's just like, come on, we're not encouraging and teaching, you know, the youth that are coming up for the sport or just in life. Like, hey, you know, you can just cheat and get through stuff and, you know, you're not gonna have to worry as long as you cheat don't get caught type of thing so Mm -hmm. i don't know very disappointing um but was there anything else for for uh baseball i see you kind of scrolling through there i think that was it for right now when it comes to the scandal and all the coaches um those are all the coaches yep over the last week almost week and a half uh been a lot of arbitration deals uh, being done up and everything else. Uh, one in particular for our team, of course, the Orioles. Uh, we got Trey Mancini at least for one more year. So, I mean, he was good. basically the best player we had. I mean, uh, basically because Davis couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, even if with his, even if he tried, even if he was on steroids, he still wouldn't be able to hit nothing. Yeah. Uh, let's see here, Chris Bryant, the uh, famed third baseman for the Cubbies. Signs his $18.6 million deal, avoiding arbitration. Mookie Betts got an arbitration record 27 mil over a year. Uh, Trevor Bauer, the pitcher for the Reds, 17.5. Francisco Lindor, 17.5. Uh, let's see here. Some other big names here. Uh, Cody Bellinger for the Dodgers. He was a highly touted name as a prospect coming up. Uh, he signs his. He, Got his arbitration deal of 11 and a half. Uh, George Springer for the Astros. Hate to bring them up again, but he's <laughs> uh, in there. Uh, the, he got his arbitration deal. 
Well, he didn't get what he wanted. He was he got twenty one and a half, I do believe. He wanted twenty two and a half. So the arbitrator arbitrator was like, I will meet somewhere towards your side. Um let's see here. Nolan Arenado is still a heavy trade subject right now. Um so it's gonna be hard to say where he goes. Cause the looks like the Rockies are trying to deal him away. And the Rangers really want him. They say they'll take his entire contract. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, they are gunning for him then. Yeah, but that that but that leaves with the Rangers the big question, are they gonna keep Joey Gallo at first base or the outfield, or are they gonna put Gallo on the bench? Because Gallo actually had a hell of a year last year for uh the Rangers, they were looking really, really good. Uh, that is about it. Fair enough. I think where we can... And Pete Rose has actually said Astros <laughs> cheating Gosh. was worse than my betting on games. Oh, wow. Really? No. Shots fired there, Pete Rose. Yeah, good, luck, good luck trying to get into the Hall of Fame now. Oh, gosh. Because, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. He's getting more and more votes here lately every year. So, I mean, they're kind of... But the thing is, as long as he is still banned from... Uh, baseball. As long as he's still banned from baseball, he can't get into the hall. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll see. Because, um, like I say, he's getting more and more votes all the time. Yeah, but um, that, that pretty much seals the deal when it comes to... Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. We could baseball stuff. We can just move on. Yeah, uh, what we can do is uh, talk about the games uh, from this past weekend, and then when uh, when we start our last segment, we can go over our picks and what happened with that and whatnot. Um, let's start off first, actually, with the college football playoff because we mentioned who won, but let's talk about the actual game itself and. Uh, going forward, what it kind of looks like for certain players. LSU! So, yeah, LSU. Clemson, putting it to them at the beginning, they were up 17-7 to at one point. And I thought, yeah, Clemson's got their number because, you know, more coaching experience, been in the championship game the last three years. You know, I thought maybe they'd have a little edge, and it looked like they did starting it out. But then LSU, I'll, I'll hand it to them. The offensive coordinator was smart, and he figured out what Clemson was doing on defense to stop them. Second half came out, changed changed up what he needed to change up, and they went off on Clemson after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all you know, Joe Burrow putting up big numbers again. Four sixty three, five and zero. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things where. He has solidified, in my opinion, his spot at the number one pick. Now, could that mean, since he's so going to be so sought after, that the Bengals could take this as an opportunity to actually trade out of the one spot and go to two or some other place and just get lo- load up on picks and just start trying to, you know, draft for the future they they can move down because there's a lot of quarterbacks in the draft this year there's going to be joe burrow from lsu there's going to be herbert from oregon there's going to be tua from alabama like they could move down and potentially get another quarterback but is that 
a risk that you think the Bengals should take? Or do you think Burrow is that good and he'll be that historic of a quarterback in the NFL that they should just go ahead and solidify by taking him? They need to go after him. You saw what happened. Andy Dalton was not the Red Rocket this year. His backup, equally worse. Yeah. If not worse. (laughs) Worser. Joe freaking Burrow. So going after him. All right. I say the Bengals do need to go after this guy. All right. Because I'm looking at his last five games. Oof. 10 plus 12 is 22. 22 touchdowns. No interceptions. His last five games, starting November 23rd with Arkansas. Threw no interceptions and threw no less than 320 yards a game. Now, I'm going to throw this out out there, and I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo on him or anything. You still got to get the ball to the receivers. I get it, you know. He still has to do you know, a good job of it. But he had some some pretty high-talented wide receivers. One of them won the best wide receiver award in college football. He's not going to have that with the Bengals. You know, he potentially may have A.J. Green. I feel like they're going to trade him away. But that's possible. He's not going to have those high-touted wide receivers, you know, that – in the championship game, he literally would just throw it up to them and, you know, they would come down with it because they were big-bodied wide receivers. So do I think he would? he's going to have as much success in the NFL? No, obviously not. You know, people don't throw as many touchdowns in the NFL as they do in college ever most of the time. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was like the exception for his – first full year when he played. So I think the Bengals should still go after him. But I mean, if you're getting some calls for a bunch of picks, you know, maybe why not do it? Because guess who's going to be in the draft next year? Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Uh And he is going to be a beast in the NFL because he can throw in the pocket like Burrow. And, but he can also get you with his legs if he needed to. And the the semifinal championship game, he broke a sixty yard touchdown, you know, out of nowhere. So, you know, maybe the Bengals are like, hey, maybe we go and get Trevor Lawrence next year. Maybe he's our guy instead of going with Burrow this year, and then they just stock up on picks. So, very very true, very very true. Because they're going to need to be able to protect. Say quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the Bengals having a very good offensive line this year. Or a very good anything this year. <laughs> they just pretty much anything. I mean <laughs> so um, they almost they almost pulled a they almost pulled a uh, Detroit Lions going yeah. 0 and sixteen. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see next year too, because LSU is gonna lose a lot of players in the draft, obviously. So we'll see with them winning the national championship game, how much does this boost their recruiting? You know, how many, you know, better players are they going to get now that they're on the map? You know, how many are they taking away from Alabama 
or, you know, Ohio State, you know, which which top recruits are they going to get more so than those schools? So, and you got to replace a quarterback that had a record-setting year. 59 touchdowns. Yeah, so I, you know, it's going to be hard for LSU to, to come back after having that type of team. So um, I think Clemson keeping Trevor Lawrence, they're going to have, I think, more of a shot of getting back to the championship game than LSU. So, And I think Ohio State probably has a good chance as well again um, to make it back. But, of course, you know, this is all predicting way too early. You know, the season obviously just ended. So, um it won't know anything until next year. Yep, exactly. Well, this year we won't find out anything until like August. Yeah, it's usually when they put out the preseason top twenty-five, and those are always. It never stays the same after the first week, just because that's just obviously guessing. They just they're guessing. You well, know, it's, who's the, it's do like well. I said, it's the preseason top twenty-five, so that's where everybody debuts at for that year. And then after the first week, that's when usually it changes a lot. Because, things get changed around. Yeah. You've got ranked guys going up against ranked guys, and of course, usually the number one and the number two guys they're playing some division six team. Well, uh, not week one anymore. I mean, they've been trying because a lot of people don't watch the first week of college football because there's no preseason. They don't warm up, so week one is usually their warm up. You know. And a lot of fans nowadays won't watch, but college football has realized that. And so they try to get more ranked teams playing each other week one, you know, so that way they can, like I said, you know, uh, they can try to get more viewership, more people. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. You said week one's a warm up game. I just found out who LSU plays first next year. <laughs> who? University of Texas at San Antonio, a Conference USA team that don't do shit. <laughs> That's why I said it's a warm-up game. But I'm saying they try to get more ranked teams playing each other. Like they'll have like a number five play a number nine. Like they'll they'll do something to get more ratings. Well, speaking of number nine, they play Texas the following week. <laughs> and Texas is in the top ten. See, there you go. Exactly. That's, That's what I'm saying. They, they try to get good. more. They try to get more top teams to play each other uh, to get more viewership. So, hell yeah. Um. All right. So we'll we'll take another break, and when we come back for the last segment, we will go over the NFL matchups from the weekend. Um. We will go over how our how we did in our picks. We'll make our predictions for the NFC and AFC championship games this weekend and uh, wrap things up in our last segment. So we will be back in a flash. Yay. All right, everyone. We're back in Better Than Ever Ready to Rumble in the Jungle with our third and final segment of the evening. Uh, we're going to wrap things up with what happened this past weekend in the NFL playoffs. Uh, we're going to talk about our predictions and what's going on. We're going to read our, the comments that everyone made on the Facebook page with that. Um, so let's start off with the 49ers Vikings. So what would you take out of that game from what you were watching? 
Uh, well, Vikings could not stop anybody. Kevin Coleman had 105 yards, two touchdowns. They shut Dalvin Cook down. And that's a tough, sometimes that can be a tough task because before Cook got hurt, he was tearing him up. He was, yeah. He was he was definitely tearing it up. I think Delvin Cook not being able to be productive kind of hurt the Vikings because then it put it more on Kirk Cousins' shoulders and him having to throw. And him having to throw too much set up the 49ers, you know, front, you know, being able to get to him and be able to get, you know, the sacks that they did on him. So six. Yeah. And so it's one of the one of those things where as you per use, the what I took from it was 49ers defense showed up and their run game as always. They tried to put more on Jimmy G of him having such a great game. He threw an interception. He only had one TD, I think, mm-hmm. and under 150 yards. Yep, 131. He, 131. That's that's not good. I you can't say, oh yeah, he had a great game. That's not that's not a good game. Like I'm sorry. Like I know everyone thinks I'm this big Jimmy G. 49ers hater just because you know the Niners are in my division so I don't like them no even if they weren't in my division like that's not a great game put it on who deserves it which is the Niners and the Niners defense sorry and the run game I will give credit to them because that's where credit is due so um but 49ers prevail they so they get a home game with being the number one seed um, now, the other game in the NFC was the Packers-Seahawks. Uh, what did you get from that? Very tightly contested game. A uh, little bit of a controversial ending with the Packers' last, uh, I think it was like a third down conversion or something. Pete Carroll had made a mention about it, about it being short. Well, they reviewed it. They challenged it. They challenged it, and I believe what the uh, it was upheld that the Packers that it was a first first down. Yep. Well, it that's what replay will do to you. But overall, um, granted, not not real big passing numbers. Uh, Russell Wilson two seventy seven. Rogers had two forty three. The running game was practically non-existent i mean 109 yards total for the packers 110 uh for seattle and only 26 of those came from beast he did have two touchdowns so i'm pretty sure that made him happy yeah which um, was all like you know on the one or two yard line so yeah so beast mode being beast mode from the one yard line they ran the ball when it counted i guess i don't know um i mean i feel like the packers didn't run aaron jones enough like I feel like the game would have been out of reach and out of hand if they would have ran him more. They put it more on Aaron Rodgers and put the ball in his hands and had him win the game, which he basically did at the end with a big third down conversion to um, um, oh shoot Devontae Adams and then another third down conversion to Jimmy Graham. So 
they put it in his hands and he won it, but I feel like it wouldn't have been as close if they would have ran the ball more. Yeah, it, it probably would not have because Aaron Jones turned out to be the breakout uh, the breakout running back for him. Kind of reminded me a lot of Eddie Lacy in terms of his running style. Yeah. So um, it probably would have been out of reach, out of reach, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Both your star receivers, and I'm not saying DJ Metcalf is not a or DK Metcalf is not a star receiver for uh, Seattle because he's actually turning out. To, he was drafted what second round. He played like a he's been playing like a first rounder here late, but um. Uh, yeah, Tyler Lockett, nine catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Good stats. Uh, Devontae Adams, eight for a buck 60, and two touchdowns. Had a hell of a game. Yeah, he was tearing. He was tearing them up. Even double covered, they couldn't cover him. Like, yeah, but what ultimately helped was pretty much the defense. I mean, granted, not gave up a bunch of yards, but I'm looking at the sacks here. Green Bay sacked Russell Wilson five times. Which could have been even more, but Russell got out of a lot of predicaments and made a lot of plays on his legs. Because Russell Wilson's the magic man. He was like their leading rusher in that game. You know, it was ridiculous. Um, But yeah, so... um, Alrighty, so the, the other games then were the AFC... So we'll start with the start with start with the one that was closer. <laughs> the one that was closer, uh, at least at first, was the uh, Texans and the Chiefs. Chiefs. That, that was not. Cl- I wasn't talking about that one. I was going to save that one for last. We, the Ravens Titans wasn't close either. Eh, it's sixteen <laughs> points compared to twenty. Okay. See, not not that big of a difference. But anyways, I already mentioned it, so we're going with it. So. Chiefs start off slow again like they did last year against the Patriots. Don't score anything in the first quarter. Rubbed off 51 points after being down 24 to nothing. (laughs) Craziest game I've seen in a long time, to be honest. There was like five or six drop passes in a row by the Chiefs wide receivers. Then there was a punt block by the Texans that they took in for a touchdown. Then Tyreek Hill, out of everyone, muffs a punt, and they pick it up and get to the one, and then they punch it in after that. So Texans are up 21 to zip, and I'm like, wow, this game is getting out of hand. Then the Texans um, do a fake punt, which – Poor decision. They go for a fake punt. Don't get it. So they give great field position to the te- uh, the Chiefs. Sorry. And then the Chiefs score. Then the very next play on the kickoff, the Texans returner fumbles it on the kickoff. The Chiefs get it back and score. They score two touchdowns in under a minute 30. Like, crazy game. I've just never seen anything like it. The... The, the Chiefs were falling apart, and then two minutes later, the Texans fall apart. Like, it was it was nuts. And then, like you said, the Chiefs then just put it on them after that, just piled up the points. It was like 
seven touchdowns in a row. One, two, three, four, five, six. It was six. They scored 41 points. Crazy, nutty, but uh, damn, you know one one of the one of those things where, um, like I said, it was the Chiefs can't start off slow like this all the time, especially playing at home, which is odd. So yeah, that is just what I took out of that game. But the the Chiefs show that you know they were the better team. Obviously, they had better players and they they showed up. All right, the other game, so. Titans, Ravens, everyone, and including me, said, you know, whoever can run the ball the best is going to win because they both like to run the ball. So whoever whoever was going to be more successful was going to win it. And the Titans were more successful in running the ball. And they showed a bunch of innovative plays, like Henry with the, the wildcat in quarterback jump pass for a touchdown. Derrick Henry not only rushing touchdown, a jump pass touchdown, which was nuts. Um, then Tannehill had a bomb for like 56 yards, you know, just totally catching the Ravens off guard. But what didn't help the Ravens either was that the Ravens went forward on fourth down like three times. Not once did they ever pick it up. They turned it over on downs every time. So, never did anyone think the Titans were going to walk in to Baltimore and come out with the win. Um, but Derrick Henry is looking like the best running back in the NFL right now. Like, he's had, like, four straight games of, like, 180-plus yards and at least two touchdowns in every game. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> yep. Last three games, at least 180 yards. That includes postseason. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, crazy. That I think more so Baltimore choking. Like, they, they choked. And Lamar and everyone, you know, kept on, you know, getting on me because they were like, well, he's MVP and he's the best quarterback in the league right now and blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying, like, once you make him throw, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt him. And the Titans made him throw it by getting ahead by as many points as they did the Ravens panicked stepped away from what they did and started throwing and that's where it got them so all you naysayers kept on you know bugging me saying you know I was just being you know negative about Lamar but I said like he's 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 not he wasn't able to produce in the playoffs just like he did last year and he's like a Cam Newton where I think in the future he's just going to get hurt a bunch. And then where are the Ravens going to be after that? So, but all right, let's look, let's look at our uh, scores for our picks. Uh, so how did we, how did we do from the playoff weekend? You went two and two again, two, two and two again. So that'll put you at four and four overall for the playoffs. And I'm not even factoring into the regular season score. So what? No, that's what we're <laughs> supposed to do. All right, fine. If I'm it. pulling ahead, screw you. Well, that puts you at 162, 102, and one. I finished three and one. 
for a uh, two-week total of four and four. I had a reversal because I went one and three the first week. <laughs> uh, I am now at 165, 99, and one. Ooh, ooh, close for that hundred. I know. I don't <laughs> want it. <laughs> and uh, points-wise, of course, we're doing two points per win. Uh, I picked up six points. You picked up four. I am still three points ahead of you. Damn. All right. Well, so we got the NFC and AFC championship uh, games for this weekend. We will start with the AFC, and we'll go over our comments on our Facebook page first uh, before we get into our our picks. Um, So let me pull it up here and take a look. If it'll load up, load up for me. Dun, dun, dun. Well, yeah. So the a the AFC matchup is the Chiefs and the Titans, uh, which will be an interesting matchup here. Um, we had two comments. We had one from Melanie the Felony who said, uh, "I think KC will make it. They got." Patrick Mahomes on their side. She's got a so, heart on for that guy. She does. She loves. She loves Patty Mahomes so much. Uh, and Matt Klein says, "KC, that offense is unreal," and he is right. They have a lot of firepower. Um, but everyone said Baltimore had a lot of firepower, and we saw how that went. So the train has been derailed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So KC, Tennessee. How do you see this matchup going? Ah, see it going in KC's favor, but it's gonna be tough. They have to stop Derrick Henry if they and they showed a highlight of uh when the last when these two teams played last time. That is a ridiculous dance, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> but um, uh, they showed a highlight of when they played last. Uh, I think it was this year, actually. Yes. Derrick Henry torched them for 188 yards and two touchdowns. And they lost. The Chiefs lost. And the Chiefs lost that game. So, maybe a reversal of fortune. One of the Chiefs players has already said. Yeah, one of the Chiefs players has already said, we're going to hit him low. For the legs, yeah, go for the legs, yeah. going to hit him low and take out the engine. <laughs> the engine being his legs. You take him, you, because I don't, you try to hit him high, he's probably going to bounce off of you. Because he's a hell of a running back. But yeah. you take him out at the legs, he ain't going to go very far. It's going to flop. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs as well in this one. Um, I think Patty Mahomes makes his first Super Bowl appearance, which should have been technically last, last year. year. I agree. But the refs, screwed them out of that um well, that's what you get robert Kraft paid the <laughs> the refs yeah paid the wrestle so anyways but um i think it comes down to the titans trying to stop who you were just talking about kelsey because kelsey is kind of the engine for the chiefs if kelsey is productive and blocking you know doing doing well the chiefs do well if he's not making catches, you know, not doing his blocks, they don't they're not as productive. So I'm I'm going with the Chiefs and I think Kelsey has another big game 
I think so too. He had and look for, look for Tyreek Hill to turn on the Jets a little bit too. Well, yeah, because this game's going to mean a lot to him. Yeah, he was getting double covered last week, so he didn't get really. I don't even think he got a catch to be honest. If he did, it was maybe one or two catches. So yeah. Um, all right, now we move on to Green Bay 49ers playing in San Francisco with them being the number one seed. Classic matchup here. Yeah, we got Melanie the Felony uh, commenting with, uh, this is a tough one. I hope Green Bay will win. My guess on the score is 28-23. I think that's a good score. I think that's a good guess for this type of game because I think it will, will be close too. It is going to be close. Um, it is. Matt Klein has the other way. He's going Niners 21-17. Another still, close matchup. Still a close matchup. I think the score is going to be close, but it's going to favor San Francisco. I, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers knows this is kind of the end for him. He's getting up there. He's already mentioned it a couple times that you don't get many chances to go to the Super Bowl. He's already said it in interviews, and he knows he's getting up there in age, and he says, you know, I don't know how many more chances I'm going to get. So I think he knows how much this, how important this is. So I think that gives them the edge. I think Jimmy G, again, is not going to be that productive, and I think Green Bay will stop the run and put it in Jimmy G's hands, and he's not going to come through for them. They're going to be like, oh, well, Jimmy G's our guy. He's our man. He's been doing great, but he's not going to come through for him once they once Green Bay stops the run game. So, um, so my I'm I'm going towards Green Bay. So that way, it's going to be Green Bay Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We're going to have the young buck, Patty Mahomes versus the seasoned, uh, already Super Bowl winner Aaron Rodgers. So and a big uh, and if it does come down to Green Bay and Kansas City. This will be a matchup 53 years later because the very first Super Bowl was Green Bay and Kansas City. Yeah. So if these two teams meet again, this would be perfect for NFL 100, which means none of you fucking owners better be paying (laughs) these refs to do this. (laughs) I don't care. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. May the best man get in. May the best team get in. There you go. And just be done with it. We'll see what happens. There you go. I like it. And then, um, well, I might I might have to ask around, maybe try to see if we can get a little competition going for um, the Super Bowl and uh, have a, a podcast where, you know, we'll give away, like, a gift card or something for, like, the winner, you know, for score and predicting for the Super Bowl. So whoever can come closest to the score and – Make sure you pick the right team, of course. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm throwing this out here because of how close the scores have been here lately. Even though the game is pretty much meaningless Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. Because it's nothing but an all-star game. Oh, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl. We'll make a predict. Well, since you are the host, I'll let (laughs) you pick. I'll let you pick. Your t- uh, let you pick the side that you want to go with. Okay. And I'll pick the side. Winner gets five points. Ooh, there we go. Mix it up. I like it. That would be fun. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Uh, because of how close the score has been. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm looking at 
if, like, say you were to win all yours, you get four points, I'll wind up with two because we picked one game of the same. You'll come within a point of me, and then if it comes down to the Super Bowl, we wind up picking the same damn team, <laughs> it's not going to matter. Yeah. Because I'll still have you by a point. Yeah. But, like, and if I were to sweep the conference t- uh, the conference picks, you know, I'll get four points, you'll get two. That'll just increase my lead to five points. Mm-hmm. Which it'll come down to, you know, the Pro Bowl. You have a chance to, to tie me or beat me. Oh, nice. All right. You know, I'm throwing it out there as a, as a challenge, and yeah. I will <laughs> let you pick the side that you want. Yeah. But you cannot pick until the rosters are set. Yeah, that's fine. Which yeah. I don't think the we'll rosters wait. will be set until after the conference games because pro Super Bowl players don't play in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, exactly. So once they're removed from the rosters, then you can figure out everything. Yeah, Dak Prescott, you are a yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be fun talking about that during the offseason, the, the Dak situation, especially with the new head coach. Um, all right, so to wrap things up, uh, we'll uh, wrap things up with the two-minute drill. Um, this weekend is uh, UFC pay-per-view. The return of the notorious one, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone, Cowboy Cerrone. Um, McGregor kind of taking it easy now. Wasn't really running his mouth much for this and, you know, kind of attributed to a change of lifestyle. He's not drinking. He hasn't been drinking for months now. He said he attributes it to his kids. And he kind of needs to stay out of trouble because his life was kind of spiraling out of control there for a little while. Um, so going to be uh, hosting that at uh, uh, me and Mel's house, and it will, we'll, we'll watch that and have some fun, have some friends over. Um, hoping, hoping McGregor wins. I've always been a fan of his, even yeah, though, me too. even though, he's done some terrible things outside of fighting. You know, like I said, his life was kind of going downhill, but I hope this is his turnaround and I hope he means it, that his kids are helping him make a, a turnaround. So yeah, um, one can really, really hope. I, I hope I'm going to hope for a McGregor win. Yeah. I would really, I would like to see it. There you go. So, uh, I do have, uh, some news tidbits to, uh, Unleash here. Alrighty. Uh, we have two suspensions in hockey that I need to address. Oh, okay. Alex Ovechkin and uh, Las Vegas uh, goalie uh, Fleury. Mm-hmm. Uh, both have been suspended one game for skipping out on the All-Star game. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> NHL not playing around. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it, I know it's just an all-star game and everything else, but... <laughs> they were like, on. no, no, no. <laughs> come on. I mean, if they don't want to play in the all-star game because they don't want to get hurt because this game really doesn't matter. Yep, true. You know, it's it just like the Pro Bowl. It's not like the Major League All-Star game where the winning where the winning uh, side, the winning league gets home field advantage throughout the entire World Series. World yeah. Series. You know, and it's not like the NBA All-Star game where... The final score is like three hundred and three to three hundred one. <laughs> there's no defense. Yeah, whatsoever. there's no defense whatsoever, and they all have just have a good time. You know, they're all just yeah. joking with each other. Yeah. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that NHL, you're getting stupid with this. Just <laughs> let them skip, okay? Or at least tell them, hey, 
you don't have to play, just be there. I'd be like, okay. Hey, yeah, there you go. You know, don't dress for the game, basically. We'll <laughs> send in an alternate and you'll be fine. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, some Royal Rumble news. There you go. Uh, Rock Lesnar's demon will be in the Royal Rumble. Oh, who's that? Kane Velasquez. Oh, gosh. I want to see how this turns out. I hope Kane Velasquez eliminates Brock Lesnar. (laughs) So dumb. I know, but I want to see it. Gosh. And hopefully that'll lead to bigger and better things. Oh, God, the ball and chain has arrived. (laughs) (laughs) 